3: I am awake.
1: Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadigi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. And we discuss local and national native news and events. And as you know, Wendy, Native issues are human issues and human issues are native issues.
4: This portion of the show is brought to you by Minsure. Minsure can help you find a plan that covers your prescriptions and saves you and saves you money. Visit msure.org to get started. That's m n sure.
1: Nice, nice. Hey, we got a jam-packed show. We got uh, State Senator Mary Kunish mm-hmm. on, and also Wendy with her sacred animal portion, and then we have a, a lead-off the show with Ogama with the, with the news.
2: Let's hear Ogama. Hey, Boozhoo Anin, relatives. This is Ogama Ganu Akwe. I am coming at you live from central Minnesota, and I am a member of the Red Lake Nation in northern Minnesota, and I've got some news and information for you here today. It is the second to last day of 2022, and just wanted to inform everybody that the Red Road Celebration of Sobriety New Year's Eve powwow in the Twin Cities, Minnesota is on. Saturday, December 31st, 2022. Grand entries are at 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. at the East Phillips Park Gym at 2399 17th Avenue South. Dance Until Midnight, Feast is at 6, Toy Giveaway happening, the host drum is Hoka and the MC is Jerry Dearly. Make sure if you are on the Red Road celebration for the new year that you tune in to this powwow. It's a great powwow. I know Robert and uh, Wendy tend to try to go that one when they can. It's uh, it's really great, and I'll be sad to miss it uh, this year again. On the Red Road, Celebration of Sobriety, New Year's Eve Pow Wow at the East Philip Parks Gym in Minneapolis is on. Meanwhile, if you're looking for something to do at the beginning of the year, there's going to be a celebratory pop-up round dance on January 3rd, 2023, from 11.15 a.m. on at the Rotunda Capitol Building in St. Paul, Minnesota. They're going to be celebrating the swearing-in of three Native leaders into the Minnesota State House of Representatives. The features are include Opie Day and the invited singers. They're celebrating the swearing-in of Representative Alicia Kozlowski, Representative Heather Keeler, and Representative Jamie Becker Finn. They will also be joined by Minnesota State Senator Mary Kunish and Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan. There'll be a reception to follow in the Capitol Building Conference Room number 316. This event is hosted in collaboration with Minnesota Indian Affairs Council, the Metro urban Indian directors and the urban Indian advisory board going to be so exciting. It's so beautiful to see so many relatives tuning in to support and uh, dance for our relatives who are um, going to be representing Minnesota or Minnesota Makoche in the Minnesota state house of representatives, as well as in the Senate going to be really awesome. Uh, Excited to see that come down. Another great piece of news uh, that happened earlier this week: uh, the Lake Manitoba First Nation chief named Cornell McLean and his wife Lisa won more than one million U.S. dollars at the Shooting Star Casino in Minomon, Minnesota, on Monday this week. Uh, he was on a trip on Monday and had put money into a dancing drums explosion slot machine at Shooting Star Casino in Minomon, and the drums exploded and won the big jackpot, over a million dollars. McLean is the chief of the Lake Manitoba First Nation, and at first he did not realize how much he'd won. He thought he was only winning about 13000 U.S., and he was just talking to a gentleman, and uh, the gentleman told him, I think you won a little more than $13,000, and then a casino attendant came over and told him the jackpot was worth $1.37 million. U.S. dollars, which is like amazing. Um, So his wife Lisa wasn't there when he won, but she found out soon, um, and he said she was almost more excited than he was, so... The money is expected to take about 10 days to arrive from Las Vegas, um, but him and his wife have already decided what they're going to do. Um, they have been together for nearly 11 years and partners for the last three decades, and uh, they're saving their money, and they're going to buy a home with it. So, so exciting to see. Um, McLean is a father of five and grandfather of 16 and says he didn't grow up with much and now he has the fortune to change the lives of people who are most important in his life. McLean is the Jeopardy chief of the assembly of Manitoba chiefs and him and his wife are also the legal guardians of two of their grandchildren and a home for all of them to grow up in is going to be really huge. They are excited to offer a stable environment for them and their other grandkids um, and McLean says he's humble and he always wants to give back to others. And, um, I mean, i am just, this is just totally heartwarming and I want to thank, uh, CBC News out of Canada, uh, for the story. But, I mean, oh, it's just great when we have our relatives who are able to win those types of, um, just kind of lucky things right um but then they turn around and um to give back to the community is um also amazing and you know congratulations for the press for shooting star casino over in monoman i believe that's run by the white earth nation and they'll be uh really i mean i think they do pretty well over there but you know there's no such thing as bad press so it'll be good to see that they've got um Got a jackpot that went out, and hopefully that brings some more people over to the Shooting Star Casino uh, here in Minnesota. Uh, one more thing I want to touch on from the far east coast is uh, the Wabanaki tribes are um, upset with a senator from the state of Maine. Um, the alliance that represents the Wabanaki tribes in Maine is criticizing the independent senator, Angus King, because he blocked an initiative that would have allowed the tribes to benefit from future federal Indian laws. So here's how this went down. Um, Supporters had this uh, proposal Um, And they said it was necessary to update the 1980 Maine Indian Claims Settlement Act, um, which Maine's tribal leaders have for a long time blamed for limiting their authority over things like natural resources, gaming, taxation, criminal justice, and economic opportunities. The Settlement Act excludes tribes in Maine from new federal laws unless specifically directed by Congress. And uh, there was a proposal introduced that would have changed that provision going forward. Forward, Which would allow the Wabanaki tribe to benefit from new laws that apply to the other 570 federally recognized tribes. Um, but it did not go through. And uh, they're really frustrated with that as as they rightfully should be, um, the spokesperson, uh, for the Wabanaki Alliance's specific assertion, um, for the Senator that worked against the bill, um, issued a statement reiterating King's reluctance to support the proposal and that there's unintended, uh, consequences of that. So, um, this is just really frustrating. I think that, um, this isn't the first time that this has happened in Maine as well. Um, the position of the senator on the bill also matched the position of the Democratic governor there, uh, Janet Mills, who also blocked a sweeping tribal sovereignty bill there in the Maine legislature last spring. So feeling really grateful here in Minnesota as uh, we have representation uh, in our state legislature um, to help with those types of situations and really wishing the best for our relatives over in Maine, um, you know, maybe it would be a good idea to uh, take some time if you can to write some uh, letters over to uh, Mr. Uh, U.S. Senator Angus King and the uh, the Governor of Maine, Janet Mills, and let them know uh, what can be done when we have uh, power over here in uh, Minnesota. So. I want to wish everybody a happy new year, and thank you so much for all of your time listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. Uh, chi to all of you. Be safe, be healthy, and we'll see you in the new year.
1: Hey, Pina Gigi Oguma, P- uh, for those great words in the news uh, for this past year. I want to thank everybody. And uh, up next, we've got State Senator Mary Kunish, Wendy.
4: Stay with us.
1: We'll be right back after this short break. Oh, wow.
3: İzlediğiniz için
6: Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. MNsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through MinSure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org. Seward Co-op is now offering convenient self-serve and pre-packaged hot options and salad bars at both the Franklin and Friendship stores. Breakfast items available daily until 11 a.m. and brunch served all day every Sunday. Their weekly lunch and dinner menus highlight cuisines from around the world. They offer vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free options daily. 95% of the ingredients used are organic from small-scale, local community food producers whenever possible. More at seward.coop.
1: and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
4: This portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice.
1: Hey, Wendy, uh, we had a great little uh visit today.
4: We did.
1: Uh, we saw Alice Our and friend Alice, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And
4: her beautiful little kitty. Pepita,
1: oh, yeah, so cute, yes, just want to give her a special shout out today because I know she'll be listening,
4: yeah, absolutely, thank you so much, Alice, for a wonderful afternoon,
1: hey, so it is Friday, and it's fun Fact Friday with uh, our uh, sacred animals, <laughs> and also it's fun fact Friday with state Senator Mary Coonish. welcome as always,
3: mm, hey, hi everyone
1: hey, uh so we have we we just talked earlier this week, and uh matter of fact uh. It was a great show this, uh, Monday. So that'll be the best of, uh, all over Turtle Island. So that'll be fun to overexpose you a little bit. But, uh, it's, uh, you ha- bring in great, uh, energy and a lot of great knowledge over the past years. And I want to uh, wish you, uh, and your family a happy new year.
3: Oh, well, thank you. And to all of you as well. Um, this has really evolved. You know, in those, those years since what, six years has it been that, uh, from you just hanging out at the Capitol looking for a little bit of a, a news bite. And, um, next thing you know, my, uh, brother and his, People, friends in down in Tennessee are listening to uh, to this and hearing our voices. So uh, you've you've made a big difference in Indian Country, Robert. You and Wendy and Ogama and the rest. So we owe you a great uh, a great big thank you, uh Tini Gigi um to this program.
1: Well, and I always say too, uh, you were the first. Uh, celebrity that we got on. So I want to give you a big, <laughs> uh, big shout out too when you were just a state representative of Minnesota but wow and, and uh, you know brought some uh, credibility to us when
4: and she still brings us credibility every every Friday
1: that's right mm. that's right
3: well it was it was I, I remember being so nervous and not sure like what do I say you know it's I came fresh out of the classroom I you know so uh, talking on the radio and doing legislation was of course very interesting intimidating even though you know i ran for the job i asked for it um but um you know you've been you are there everywhere robert with your uh with your crew whenever there's something going on around the twin cities or in minnesota and and it really does help to um Spread the information. I mean, think back when we were doing the census, when we have campaigns, but also during COVID. This radio station was a very, very valuable um, uh, uh, resource for information. I mean, information that you can trust, information that you know is scientifically sound. And uh, those are the kind of broadcasts that we need to continue to support and to uh, build, not just in Indian country, but across the state and the nation.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. And, um, you know, I, I think about it, it's almost a, a dream about when we were doing the Sunday night symposiums uh, during COVID, when COVID first hit.
3: Yeah. I mean, that would go on for hours. We would yeah. just be like, you'd, you'd start us off and people would just join and we'd talk and then somebody else would leave and somebody else would join. It was fascinating to tell you the truth. And it really did uh bring a lot of our our, um, communities together across the states, you know, that I never would have spoken to a lot of those people. Um, And I got to know legislators from other states through this radio station. So, you know, uh, radio is not done. It's not it's not of the past. I think um, more and more people are starting to listen to it and using it as their source of information.
1: Well, what's interesting, Mary, and that's interesting you bring that up. And I never knew this until I got into, uh, political office here in, uh, for my nation, but there, we found out during COVID that there's such a weak broadband spectrum in rural areas. They get their news from radio stations. And we are now in 11 of those stations in Wisconsin. So wow. you know, I never really thought of that until. Uh, you know, got dug deep into it. Is like, yeah, they're not listening or on their computer. Their internet's terrible, but they are listening to their local radio station. And I think uh, that's really what's really helped us helped us grow in the last year.
3: Well, absolutely. Um, um, you know, in Minnesota, not only do we have these really great radio stations like this one but there's also um a state funded uh radio i don't know what you call it ampers. association called ampers i don't yeah. you're probably familiar with that yes, and definitely. they support like almost i don't know all close to like over over like 15 or 18, something like that, independent community radio stations. And those stations are all, you know, locally managed, um, programmed just like you do your own programming. And so uh, it is um, really an incredible asset to Minnesota. I'm looking it up right here right now. And it says Ampers is the largest statewide association of community radio stations in the United States serving, um, primarily serving underserved populations, including greater Minnesota, diverse communities, and students, all the way from Grand Marais, way, way, way, way up Mm -hmm. north by the Canadian border and Thief River Falls down to Mankato and Winona. Um, And then it says uh, that combined the audience is about 300,000 devoted listeners. Yeah. So, you know, that's... That's getting the information out there, and it's not it's not like it's NPR or you know has an affiliate. These are independently run stations. And I just think it's a great one of Minnesota's greatest assets to have that.
1: Yeah, Ampers is a non-commercial uh, radio station. I got to tell you a quick story before we hit break. So Robert uh, Lilligren was up north with uh, on vacation with his family, and I had been interviewed. Uh, on, on, um, oh, uh, Lynn, her last name's Lynn. Her and her brother have a radio show on Ampers. I think you've been on their show too, state senator. And his sister came running outside and said, your name was brought up on the radio. Your name was brought up <laughs> on the radio because I was telling a story about, you know, uh, not being as judgmental that Robert was kind of talking about not being judgmental towards someone. And It re- really gave me, pu- cause but i i or pause i should say but i mentioned his name so you just don't know who's listening where and when or how and it's just a yeah really funny
3: yeah it's it's so important um i mean we have to do something about broadband access and make sure that all of our communities no matter where they are have strong access to it um Uh, Oh, there's Tracy. Hi, Tracy. It was good to see you at the MMIR plate ceremony, too. Um, But I mean, not only do we want to expand radio access and information, but we um, are going to work really hard on putting in um, accessible, affordable broadband across Minnesota. And luckily enough, I sit on that committee in the Minnesota Senate. So um, expect some good things, I think.
1: Well, that's awesome, too. And I know um, nation to nation, our tribe's working on that uh, specifically because of the ARPA money that's been out and coming out. Yeah. So uh, the problem with uh, my nation, which is Ho-Chunk Nation, is that we're uh, we're not a reservation. We're like a checkerboard of the land we own. So we're going to have to partner with uh, cities and government, too, in order to make uh, broadband happen in our areas.
3: Well um the good thing is too is that a lot of the tribes are starting to create their own um broadband right. uh businesses. Mm-hmm. And and so they're the ones that that can control it and make it um accessible and affordable. Um I'm trying to think of there's two of them here in um Minnesota. I think it's the it's the Chicopee and then I'll have to look and see which one that other one is. There's it's up North. Um, They have their own broadband or their own internet Mm -hmm. um, company. And I think that's, that's probably going to be the way that we have to go when it comes to uh, making sure that, that the tribes have what they need to, to, um, to, you know, really, really, uh, thrive and are able to join the not only the educational realm of things but also the economic um right. the kind of economic world yeah
1: yeah especially where we take it for granted here I'm working from home mm-hmm. 80% of the time but if I was in a rural area and I see it too in meetings uh that people that are they get lost and their connection gets funky and all these weird things and so it's a, it's a real disadvantage,
4: and it was really sad during the lockdown when children had to be taught, uh, you know, at home that they had to their parents had to drive them to a nearby McDonald's or a store that had uh, a connection that they could that they could get on their laptop and do their schoolwork.
3: Well, and not only that, if, uh, if they couldn't leave or go somewhere yeah. else. You know, they were using their um their parents uh like ho- their parents phone as a hotspot and you know that's yeah. not cheap either. So yeah. there's a lot of issues to be done.
1: Excellent. Hey State Senator can you hang with us for another uh segment? Sure. Awesome. We like when she says sure. But uh, hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio presents. I'm awake and we're with State Senator Mary Kunish of the great state of Minnesota. We'll be right back after this short break.
4: Stay with us.
1: Hey, Wendy, what are we doing for dinner after the show?
4: How about we go to J. Selby's on 169 Victoria Street in St. Paul? They have a delicious plant-based menu that's compassionate and environmentally sustainable.
1: I'm getting their spot-on vegan Big Mac, the dirty secret.
4: You can pick up and they deliver within a five-mile radius, or you can call them at 651-222-3263 or visit jselbys.com.
1: Well, you sold me one. Let's go order at Jay Selby's tonight.
4: I'm hungry.
0: The next time you're out in South Minneapolis, make Nightingale off 26th and Lindale your go-to dining option. It's a comfortable neighborhood restaurant that features a delicious menu of American classics, plus a wide drink and cocktail selection. Nightingale has dining room and bar seating available, plus takeout and delivery. Current hours are 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. daily with the full menu
6: until midnight. More at NightingaleMPLS.com. Hi, this is Laura. Listen to Food Freedom Radio every Saturday at 8 a.m. or anytime via podcast. Our individual health is connected, connected to the health of each other and connected to the health of the earth. We know the problems with the dominant food system, climate change, deadening soils, nitrates in the water, factory farming, injustice, concentration of wealth. How do we both as individuals and as a community step up and support a living food system which honors the earth? Tune to Food Freedom Radio every Saturday at 8 a.m. And remember to support your independent farmers.
1: Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. To so avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067, or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell.
4: Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents.
1: Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment.
5: Join us for new beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. With a look at your
1: AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lulia. Patchy fog tonight with a low of 14, then a chance of snow on Saturday with a high of 33. Happy New Year from all of us at AM 950.
0: Get the appliances you've been dreaming of for less at Warner Stallions Year End Clearance. Shop closeouts, scratch and dent, and floor models. Plus, buy more to save more. Take 10% off two red tags and 15% off three at Warner Stallions
1: Year End Clearance. This is AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
5: Hi, Minnesota. This is David Packman and you can catch my show weekdays at 2 p.m. for the latest in political news on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
6: Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
4: This portion of the show is brought to you by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition.
1: Hey, thank you, Wendy. Say, uh, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish of Minnesota here, and uh, we have a big celebration coming up here on the 3rd at the Capitol. and. I looked at the poster really closely, and it said Opie. Little Opie is going to be one of the singers, and that's our our, <laughs>
4: our intern's little brother. he's yeah. <laughs> four years old, and he was on the show. And, and he, he just turned sing. five. He just, oh, turned, he just five turned five. Too. Awesome, and he sings so beautifully. It's just unbelievable.
1: Small small town, but Cute. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. That uh, sounds really exciting, State Senator
3: well uh the big the big thing the the event, the event that you are talking about <laughs> blah blah blah is um, the opening day of our state legislator legislature session so uh, January third we will have our inauguration of all of the state legislators both in the House and the Senate. Um, I think the uh, governor and the lieutenant governor are getting sworn in on Monday. And then we um, are on Tuesday. And there is the poster. Excellent. Um, and so for the first time in Minnesota history on opening day or ever, we will have um, drums and singers in the rotunda of our state capitol. And yes, featuring Opie Day and other invited singers this is very excited. I've have heard Opie sing now and participate in a number of different um, events, and it's it's really fantabulous to to see a young uh, a, a young drummer and uh, singer moving up in the ranks. You know, as young okay. as he is, we can only imagine what the future holds. But um, we will have three uh, house members inaugurated on the on the third, and that would be uh, senator. Excuse me, Representative uh, Jamie Becker Finn representative heather keeler and then the our newest member of the house is alicia Kozlowski. so yeah. three native women in this in the house and then i also will get um sworn in on on that day as well and i'm i'm the lone native in our minnesota um senate on the democrat side there is a um a, another guy on the on the uh, republican side but i'm the only one the only um democrat progressive so i really am excited for this session um, the dems just took over the majority in the senate and the house held the majority uh, in the Senate, uh, so now we have a trifecta with the governor, the House, and the Senate—all Democrats—and um, we've got some pretty progressive agendas that we are going to be looking at, especially around reproductive rights, around um, um, the uh, getting the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment, into our Constitution. Uh, We'll be looking at how we're going to put in, you know, more stronger environmental um, supports and controls. I, of course, am in education. I'm the education finance chair. Uh, And so I will be looking at how we can best finance our education, our public education. A lot of people are contacting me with a lot of ideas. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of bills to read and to go through, but You know, I'm pretty determined to address some of the issues that we've just been suffering way too long with, Um, you know, the disparity in special ed and Mm -hmm. our EL students. Mm -hmm. Uh, Transportation costs are just, as you can imagine, crazy, especially in rural Minnesota, where they have to bus those kids hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles, um, uh, you know, through the the, um, rural communities. Um, and then we want to look at, you know, providing universal meals for our students. We don't want any of our kids coming to school hungry. We know how we feel when we're hungry. Imagine a kid. So, um, you know, over those 25 years as a teacher, I have I always kept you know, a stash of instant oatmeal and granola bars and, you know, some kind of a beverage that that a kid would come in ornery as could be. And you just look at him say, are you hungry? And they're like, yeah, well, sit down mm-hmm. for a minute. I'm going to make you a little something. And it's amazing what, what, what a thing of uh, instant oatmeal can do to a kid. Right. So we want to make sure when they come in that they've got breakfast and lunch and, you know, we'll see how that goes. And Maybe we're going to expand it to, you know, other staff members that we know also come to work hungry. So feed the world. That's what we'll do.
1: Exactly. We have that $17 billion uh, to play with. And then also, I just want to back up one second. We're also going to have a round dance, too. So I just want to put that out there, bring... Bring everyone out there and come and join in the celebration.
4: And, Robert, when you were a teacher, <laughs> I remember grocery shopping, and on my grocery shopping list was peanut butter and jelly and bread. And I would bring chips. it and chips, and you would bring it in and have the <laughs> kids eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and chips. Because they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they would get hangry.
1: Yeah. They would get hangry, and they knew they could come in and get that. And they were always – you know, the thirty years they were always respectful, Wendy. They always said, "Can I have one?" And then I go, "Well, make me one too." Oh, <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's it's amazing um, how many kids come in hungry, and like I said, once they have something to eat or their tummy feels for, uh, full, you know, it's almost like a total personality change. And you know, for whatever reason. Um, you know, I don't want to blame them. I don't want to make their life any more difficult if it already is. So let's do that.
1: Well, I oh, always... Oh, yeah, there's lots to do. Yeah, I always... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to get into to my career or anything, but I always uh, was an uh teacher, and I, it was always hard to compare my kids' scores with uh, maybe the suburbs kids or the richer suburbs kids because... For the reality of it, some of those kids don't know where they're staying that night, so yeah. we don't know what every every student that we had at the school I taught with had a story and yeah. they, and and I mean that not in a good way they always had some sort of major struggle, and it was you know school was a lot of times uh state senator their uh place to uh relax,
3: yeah. It was a safe place, but oftentimes that was where they could, where they did oftentimes act out, where they knew if it happened at home or in other circumstances, they get a whooping or worse. And so, um, you know, mental health issues and and learning to like self-monitor, those will be some more of the issues that we will um, be working towards to Address mental health issues, and hopefully, it's not just for the child, but we can do it for the families. For you know, it, it's going to take everybody in that unit to do some work in order to make sure that that they're all getting those um, mental health resources that they need. So there's a lot of work to be done. And yes, we have a big surplus and maybe this will ha- continue for a little bit, but we know it's not going to be forever. So we have to really look ahead as well and, and put some um, some things in place that um, that are going to be there for the long haul and not just a, a quick try to fix it sort of situation.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I just have to say this. When I was young and even into the early 80s and the mid 80s, Minnesota was the uh, beacon of great schools. People came all over the world and came to Minnesota until Plenty took over and uh, really defunded our schools. And we've been going downhill ever since. So, You know, to get funding back up to the schools uh, that really need it or some different kind of funding mechanism, uh, I'm excited to see you guys do that.
3: Yeah, there's there are a number of people that are looking at the best ways to fully fund our schools, not w- waiting on this every year, coming up with a 2% increase this year and 2%. Well, when inflation is 7% over the last 20 years, and we're doing 2%, 2%, 2%, you know, that just doesn't make sense at all. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of ideas out there. We just have to sift through them and find the one that's going to work the best.
1: And, uh, and I'm excited that you're leading the committee because uh, your boot's on the ground. You have experience, um, and, you know, that probably most of the people that are senators don't have.
3: It's, it, you know, this is right now in this next legislative session, out of the two House chairs... Uh, for education and the two Senate chairs, three of us have actually been classroom teachers. So, you know, and it hasn't been that long that we've been out of the classroom. For me, it's only been two years. Senator Swadzinski maybe about um, six or seven years. Uh, Chair Yawakim in the House says she still does um, like substitute teaching or, or temporary teaching when she's not at the legislature. So, you know, we have that that, like you said, boots on the ground—the real stories to tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, you ask us any scenario, we've got we've yeah. got it covered in in experience. So um, that's where we'll be drawing our our decisions on. I'm going to be looking for um, the voice of students on January 11th. I'm inviting students to either zoom in or or come into my committee and talk about you know what their perspective is on the way things are and what what we could do to make it better and i'd like to do that throughout um, our session and have the voice of the students have the voice of the teachers have the voice of our educational assistants and paras Um, those are the people that i want to hear from
1: yeah and i'm glad you uh include paras and i know you support paras big time and i just uh i think a living wage for them and uh would be awesome,
4: and it's great to have the students' perspective. Yeah. I love that; yes. that's fantastic.
3: Yeah, you know, our our paras and educational assistants don't get unemployment in the summertime when school shuts down, and that's I would a- like to see that happen. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll we'll see what we can do around that issue too.
1: That's a brilliant idea, and I know you've brought that up before, but uh, that is a brilliant idea, and I think it's it's so needed. Um, how to do that? So we well, got less than- We got less than a minute, State Senator. What, uh, what would you like to, how would you like to end uh, this new year or this old year into the new year?
3: Well, I'd like to wish you all a happy, happy new year in 2023. Um, I'm hoping that um, it'll be a good year for all of us, uh, a healthy year, uh, one where we can build our, our happiness and our our personal um, successes. And I really do look forward to to continue to work with you guys, but also to build the kind of community where everyone thrives and everybody is happy and healthy. Healthy. So, chi miigwetch, wopi take care, everyone.
1: Wow, thank you so much, State Senator.
3: Perfect. Thank you, Mary, so much.
1: Yes. All right. We'll see you next year. ho Yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love saying that. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and that was State Senator Mary Kunish. Up next, Wendy with her sacred animal portion.
4: Fun Fact Friday. Stay with us. We'll be
1: right back.
6: health insurance that fits my budget, I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. MNsure helped me find a plan that works for me and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through MNsure and they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage? Go to mnsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org mnsure.org
5: you can't go through a day without hearing about healthcare reform. St. Paul Corner Drug is here to help you navigate the ever-changing healthcare landscape. We are your advocate in getting much-needed prescription medication covered under your insurance plan. Need to choose a different plan? There is no reason to feel like you are drowning in the system. St. Paul Corner Drug can make simple work out of finding you a plan that best suits your needs. You can rest assured at St. Paul Corner Drug, pharmacy the way it should be.
4: This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves. Please join Howling for Wolves on Wolf Day, Tuesday, February 7th, 2023 at the Minnesota State Capitol. You can sign up on Howling for Wolves event page. Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations.
1: Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot.
4: Let's do that again, Robert. This portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howl. Howl. I found the wolf. It's Woo. Woo. <laughs> awesome.
1: For the people watching, I just popped up an animated wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I want to introduce my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Has been an animal advocate for many, many, many. Many years, and she really uh, has been on the show from day one, and we're going into our seventh year. Uh, and we talk about our sacred animals, and I know by being at the state fair and seeing those thousands and thousands of people that listen to our show
4: mm-hmm.
1: that they really like your your uh, segment. So take it away, Wendy,
4: and I appreciate that. So everybody who listens and appreciates the sacred animal section, thank you very much. My name is Hanaji Hihani, and that means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the Local and state level, and it's always my pleasure to do that. And I love to talk about our animals. Before we got on the air tonight, I was showing Robert a video. It was a TikTok video, and you could look it up about uh, these dogs getting picked up from a by a bus, and they were going to doggy daycare. So the you know you see the bus driver stopping, and like one dog is like sitting out there on the sidewalk waiting to get in, and the bus driver opens the door, and the dog kind of hops on the bus. And it's really cute because all the little other dogs on the bus are like saying hello to the yeah. to the, their little doggy friend. Like, wow. And then the dog will jump up on the, the seat of the bus and then uh, the bus driver comes over and like clicks. You know, has like a little, the harness and clicks their harness into like a seatbelt. Yeah. And then they go to, they go to doggy daycare and it's a really cute little thing. I'm sure there's many of them, but this one was bigger dogs and it was really, really cute. So I, yeah. Really, love that but I am going to be talking about our canine companions uh today I have an article here from NPR Ooh. and yep and it's dated <laughs> uh, December 22nd 2022 so it's brand new uh Mikaelin, uh ducliffe she wrote this article and it's a really fun article and the and the article title is can dogs smell time and all you have to do is ask Donut the dog. Donut the dog? Yeah, the mystery dogged (laughs) our family for decades. And this is the woman writing the article saying, how could Donut tell time? And not just the approximate time, but the exact moment before the school bus would arrive every Mm. single day. You see, Donut was my husband's dog growing up from elementary school through high school. She was a stray that came to our house when I was about four years old, my husband Matt says. She had big brown floppy ears and uh, giant white and black spots on her flanks. She was a hound mix, uh, Matt says. We knew this, uh, that she was a hound mix because she liked to roam, he said. And we had to be careful not to let her get out because she would roam the neighborhood. Donut loved to sleep. Um, and while Matt and his brother went to school, Donut slept most of their day inside, lying on the living room rug, sleeping and chewing on bones. Matt said, "She would also hide the bones under the sofa cushions." Uh, but every weekday before the bus dropped off the boys, Donut would, fl- you know, fail. Uh, she would hop up off the rug, go to the back porch, and sit by the window. She would wait for my brother and me to walk home. Um, so. She She could greet us at the door, Matt says. She was always punctual, never early and never late. Every winter holiday, Matt's family would tell me this fascinating story – and each year I would tell myself, I'm going to figure out how Donut does this and write up a story for NPR. But alas, each year I would get too busy and not have time, but not this year. This month I made time to solve the mystery of Donut's time skills and the wait has been worth it because folks, guess what Donut likely can do? She can smell time, says psychologist Alexandra Horowitz, who studies dog cognition at Columbia University and Barnard College. I'm not surprised at all that Donut would be able to predict the arrival of the school bus, says Horowitz. Dogs, like people, use many environmental clues to estimate the time during the day, she says. They listen to their bodies' psychological signs, such as a growling rumble in their tummies, hint of drought or a growing need to, you know, go outside. Just like humans, they have fluctuating hormones that help create a built-in clock in their bodies and minds. They also look at the amount of light shining into the room, or even an angle of the sun. Both dogs and humans notice, oh, it gets a little bit dark in the room. Horowitz says, but Donut, she says, likely has another trick up her furry leg that we humans don't use to tell time, or at least we don't realize we use. That's olfaction. Horowitz says, dogs are living in in basically an olfactory world, and I think they are able to track time with smells. When I first heard this theory, I was a bit incredulous. How do you smell something intangible like time? But then Horowitz explained it to me, and I began to realize that maybe I smell time too, and maybe dogs understand physics in a way that we don't. Smelling time for donut, Horowitz says, likely began. And at Matt's own unique bouquet of sense. Humans stink. Even the very clean among us, she says, dogs can recognize their owners by their smell alone. Not only do we stink, we also leave our stinky signature everywhere we go. We're always slothing skin cells and leaving behind little trails of odor, she says. For example, you could smell if someone's been in the elevator before you if they were wearing a strong cologne. So imagine back in the nineteen eighties when Matt and his brother were in elementary school. School, getting ready in the morning. The two boys filled their home with all ca- sorts of smells the funk of their bas- uh, baseball uniforms and the stink of their dirty socks and scent of their shampoo. As Matt and his brother rushed out of the door to catch the bus in the morning, their re- living room would stink to high heaven with the signature scent of these two boys. As Donut should sauntered over the rug for her morning nap, she would literally be swimming in Matt's odor molecules, but over time the scents in the house changed. The odor Would deteriorate and the smell gets less strong, Horowitz says. Given Donut's massive nose and her brain that's incredibly tuned to concentrations of odors, Horowitz says there is no question Donut noticed the slow diminishment of Matt's scent over the course of the day. Absolutely, Horowitz says. And we know that dogs are especially attuned to the odors of their person. In fact, Donut Donut didn't simply notice the shift in smell, Horowitz said. She likely used it to predict the future, to predict when the school bus would arrive. Every school day, Matt and his brother would always, uh, would be away from their home for approximately the same amount of time. And right before the school bus arrived, their smell on the house would drop to um, uh, about the same level. Donut probably learned to associate that level of odor with the intimate return of Matt and his brother Horowitz Thanks. So how amazing is that? This uh, study also is just, um, it's not scientifically tested, but if you see your dog, I know my dog always barked when the church bells went off, and that's what... (laughs) our dog associated getting a meal from so yeah so it's interesting
1: hey I want to wish you a happy new year everyone out there uh, live long and prosper I think I don't think that's a native thing I think that's a Star Trek thing but I do want to say that Wendy mm-hmm. we're looking forward to a, a good productive year and healthy yes healthy.
4: 2023 absolutely
1: we need to uh, resist divest, join a group and run for office you've been listening to native roots radio
4: free Leonard Peltier now
3: guys <laughs>